1: So, do you want me to just go down yes, here? Yes, let's go down the so list. So we have a we have a long list. We're not going to get through all of them. We're going to spend about fifteen or twenty minutes going over uh, over these questions, and 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 we'll see how far along we, we get. So the first one, uh, and these are quotes right off of the uh, right off of the websites and and uh, from you. So first one is a question about multiple sclerosis. Uh, what is your thought? on stress and multiple
0: sclerosis. Mm -hmm. So what I would say is that with most autoimmune diseases, what we find is that stress can be an exacerbating factor. When you look at the literature, that holds true for many different conditions. When it comes to MS, lots of times you'll read, well, stress may not be a major factor or diet isn't a major factor, but we would say in our clinical experience, we disagree substantially. Anytime an individual is under chronic stress. Just looking at the basic physiology of it, you're going to decrease blood flow to the gastrointestinal tract. It's putting your body into a state of fight or flight, ready to fight the lion or run from it, so to speak. And in doing so, we know the literature on MS is robust on the gastrointestinal component related to the illness, meaning it has been shown that the gastrointestinal tract breaks down in patients who have MS, and that leads to immune activation, which is also seemingly associated with the immune activation in the brain. So we would say stress can be a major component of MS. We've seen viral infections cause patients to go from, you know, basically secondary progressive to primary progressive. We've seen the same thing with stress responses. So stress is a major factor. And if it is present not only in MS or any other autoimmune illness, it's one of the main factors that we have to address.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, more more in general, if you're if you're any type of a chronic pain patient, the the Cliff notes on on, on stress is When you're in chronic stress, it can affect your brain. It can cause short-term memory loss. It can cause, uh, uh, I can't go to sleep. I wake up, I can't go back to sleep. Stress is connected to migraines. Stress is connected to, it's one of the chronic stresses. one of the causes of of a thyroid problem called Hashimoto's. Chronic sinus infections, chronic lung inflammation of the cavity. Uh, As Dr. Gates just indicated, particularly in the MS patient, uh, stress breaks down the gut as well as MS breaking down the gut. And then all of the all of the consequences of that, stress decreases your stress your 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 sexual hormones, stress can cause bladder infections, stress can cause uh uh cystitis. And so if you throw all that on top of and now you have an MS situation in which you have an overactive immune system um that is attacking your the the nerves, attacking the uh Myelin sheets of your nerves, and now, as we, as Dr. Date stated, we have one particular case where we saw a viral infection uh, that put this person into a severe downward spiral. Uh, stress is uh, stress is a compromising factor that makes those things more, uh, more worse, that makes them worse, or that gives you the op- make, put you in a, more of a position to have those types of things like viral infections and bacterial infections affect you. So in general, our thoughts on stress, in general, as Dr. Gates said, is it's it's in fact it's a key factor to our protocols is to I get that person's stress under control. And if you're talking about daily stresses, then those are going to make you feel bad, and certainly they're going to have an effect. But or if you're ca- talking about chronic stress, then that is particularly damaging to the system. But if you have multiple sclerosis and 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 this question is because you are under stress a lot, it would be extremely important in our minds for you to take steps to be able to get those stresses under control in, uh, no matter how you would choose to go about it. Uh, we use brain rehabilitation exercises. Sometimes we have to use that plus, um, plus certain types of natural natural compounds but not everybody has those accesses those or some people like yoga, some people like Tai Chi, some people like meditation. We find that in our chronic stress patients that those methods that the ones that show up in here, we find that those methods aren't quite enough to get a foothold on that chronic stress. Um, For those people that it is enough, they probably don't show up in here. So I'm not saying that those are, are, are not sufficient but those are the types of things you can try and uh, there are breathing exercises there are there are a lot of throughout the history of mankind <laughs> man has been stressed so there's a lot of uh stress methods out there stress reduction methods out there and if you have ms and you perceive your stress i would strongly suggest that you pursue those methods yeah.
0: Okay, so that's the next
1: question. The next question is small fiber
0: neuropathy. What about nerve pain in your arms? Mm. So with small fiber neuropathy, what we're finding is that frequently it can be non-length dependent, particularly in the fibromyalgia patient population. Also, if you have itching, that's another uh, clinical finding that you can associate with non-length dependent peripheral neuropathy. What we mean by non-length dependent small fiber neuropathy is more where it can just be throughout your entire body. Most of you, when you look at neuropathy online, is going to have a picture of someone with their feet on fire or maybe their hands on fire. That's length dependent neuropathy, meaning it's down farthest away from the brain and the heart and the extremities. But what we're seeing again with the small fiber neuropathy component is that it can be almost anywhere throughout your body, which can really be create a diagnostic dilemma, so to speak, for a neurologist because frequently what we used to think of that was that has to be something MS or spinal cord or brain to cause it throughout the body. But now we realize that this small fiber neuropathy entity can manifest anywhere. So we've seen small fiber neuropathy patients who have pain in their arms. What I'd also say is that you have to have a great diagnostic workup as well. Because we see a lot of people with pain in their arms, and maybe they have uh, stenosis, which is a narrowing of the spinal canal in the neck, or they have carpal tunnel, or they have thoracic outlet syndrome. There are a number of factors, so to speak, that can cause that upper extremity pain. Small fiber neuropathy can manifest that way, though.
1: Right. Just just re- just remember, small fibers, or just know, or understand, small fibers carry sensation. They carry pain. They carry temperature, heat, cold, those types of things. So they are. As Dr. Gates said, they are everywhere in your physiology. And if you get sharpshooting pains in your chest and you don't have them in your chest and it's in your arm and it's in your other arm and it's in your leg, it's, it's definitely a diagnosis to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> well, here you go. We should know the answer to this one. I would, like, I would, like, I would I would like to ask, what can cause a flare-up of fibromyalgia? in which I need to be taken to the ER for a shot of medicine to stop the pain. At this time, I can't stand, sit, walk, or anything. What causes this flare-up?
0: It can be a number of different causes, hard to say in your individual case. The ones that we most commonly see are stressors, like we've said before, huge factor. Uh, And relative to stressors, that's something that we go into in greater length in other videos. What a lot of patients don't realize, and this is throughout the fibromyalgia literature, frequently patients have been exposed to adverse early life circumstances or trauma. Think of abuse, all the different forms of abuse. And that can really prime the brain to react like a firecracker, so to speak, when maybe even a more seemingly trivial stress comes along later in life. So it could be a stressor that you're not even accounting for, but because your brain and your body are in the state of fight or flight, it's kind of triggering you into this exacerbation other flares include viral infections could have been something that you ate that was different um, it could be a number of factors those are the biggies though that we see
1: I think I go back to uh, first of all what causes fibromyalgia and 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 I've seen a number I've watched a number of videos online of it's environmental toxins and it's POTS disease and it's a number of Lyme cases. disease. Lyme disease. What we have seen, okay, and this is something we've <clears> done. <throat> we've done thousands of cases of fibromyalgia, and we have a lot of success with it. So we, we tend to cling to what we've seen, and and what we've seen is chronic stress, fibromyalgia, chronic stress, hormones, and 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 and, in, and inflammation. We've seen bad gut problems. We've seen autoimmunity, and consistently, in, in in the vast majority of cases, we've seen immune attacks against the thyroid. So those four things are what we perceive to be. Fibromyalgia, and then you get the pain, then you get the sensitivity, and 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 we just did the question on uh, non-length-dependent small fiber neuropathy, uh, and 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 so it's, that's involved in about half. So when you have these entities, anything that flares up your immune system or your nervous system is going to flare up things. So car accident, a trip, a fall, a stress, just having an emotionally down day. All of these alter physiology, having a surgery. Some of these directly increase stress hormones two to 300%, which then increases inflammation, which then sets off all these things we just got done talking about. Some just directly set off immune responses. You get a chronic, you get an overwhelming infection, you get a flu. You might just, in your particular case, if you are severe, and you probably are the person who asked this question because... If you are going to the hospital in the ER and having to take shots, your threshold for to be able to handle the stimulations that flare up your stress hormones or flare up your immune responses, because if you're not aware, in fibromyalgia, your immune system is already overfiring. And so anything that would flare up your immune system uh, beyond the threshold, and if you are that severe that you have to go to the hospital, your threshold... To be able to withstand having a flare-up is probably pretty minimal than anything. that's going to do that, uh, you know. Uh, it, like I said, a viral infection, a bacterial infection in women having a baby. Well, that that just kind of triggers it. That that more triggers it. So those types of things will 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 set it off. And and uh, the reason is because your threshold your of your physiology your is it's it's is so low. Uh, relative to being able to withstand stress responses or immune attacks, that it just sets everything off. And then boom, it's off to the races. All the things I just got done talking about can be set off. And the next thing you know, you're in massive pain. So I hope that answers the question. Uh, I think uh, um, that, that's a good, I kind of rolled my eyes because that's a question we could talk about for mm-hmm. a couple of hours, mm-hmm. frankly, but uh, I hope that gives you an idea of of, of what you're dealing with. Uh How many more? You want us to keep going? (laughs) One more. So we're going to, I I like this one. How to test a leaky gut.
0: So the best test that we've found on the market is the Cyrex Array 2. Cyrex Laboratories uh, has the immunologist, Dr. Vajdani, as their chief scientific uh, investigator. Dr. Vajdani has done a tremendous amount of work in the world of food immune reactivity, So he's taken it away from food allergy testing because many of you have had food allergy tests that are inaccurate or maybe they're confusing because allergies are like, think of a a seasonal allergy. You're sneezing. Those are the types of allergies they're testing for with the foods, except they're seeing if they produce a reaction in the gut. But what we're finding with autoimmune patients is that it's a completely different type of immunological reaction to the food. And Dr. Vajdani has pioneered really ways to test this based on the current science, based on how all the other immune tests are done, because he is an Im- immunologist trained at UCLA. So he's a very bright guy, and the Cyrex Array 2 is a great test because it looks at how the proteins that are like cables that connect each intestinal cell together. And it looks to see if those proteins are breaking down or not. Um, and we've just found this to be a very accurate test, and that's the test we use at this point.
1: Okay. Any other tests that you feel have we've weaknesses? Done, or... We've
0: done the, uh, the lactulose mannitol test, I believe it was. Uh, I could be butchering the name because it's been about six years since we used it. But it, it's basically you drink a drink, and then they look to see uh, what types of urinary byproducts come through. And if excessive ones come through, then that means you have leaky gut. There's other tests in literature discussing chromium, taking chromium, and then seeing if that's passing through your gut into the bloodstream, into your urine. That's another option. there's this new frontier now in terms of testing the microbiome. So looking at RNA sequencing of all the bacteria in the gut, because unfortunately most of the bacteria that live in your intestines don't live in an oxygen-rich environment. So you can't culture them. So they have to use DNA methods to check for those. So that's on the frontier. So you're probably going to see more and more tests coming out to test for leaky gut, because leaky gut is all the rage right now. It's the common term. Everybody has a leaky gut solution. But, we still stand by the cyrex array two at this point, right? <clears throat> just a
1: broad spectrum. A lot of the alternative practitioners, well, I guess not a lot that I look about it, but use protein and globulin as markers in the in the general in the general see on uh, the general uh, scans that they do, general blood testing that's done, but in general, but mostly the Cyrex two has been appears to be the gold standard from uh, From our observation Mm -hmm. okay so that will do it for today if you're if you're enjoying this then then you know please don't miss next week next week is kind of a big big deal in most people's uh uh journey to wellness so okay that's it for this week thank you for watching again and uh take care